Do you want to learn how to take your sales or elevator pitches from trash to straight cash or have your prospects throwing money at you every time you open your mouth? Then, queens, we are going to learn from the pitch queen today, Precious L. Williams. I was so honored to speak with Precious, to share the stage with her as we coronated 100 dames in the Fun Friends. And the dames is a group that I've spoken of many times for six, seven, and eight-figure women. Precious and her company, The Perfect Pitch Group, teaches you the tools and tenacity to pitch with power. She is a 13-time national elevator pitch champion who has successfully appeared on ABC's Shark Tank, CNN, Wall Street Journal, Forbes, and Black Enterprise Magazine. She started Perfect Pitches by Precious to revolutionize the pitching industry. If you are tired of boring pitches that don't convert, if you are looking to level up how you speak and train, and if you want to know that you can come from literally nowhere and transform your reality multiple times over, Precious has a story that will bring you to your knees. And she, I am I am so blessed to call her a friend. I am so honored to have her in my world. She is the cheerleader for you that you always wish you had. She is queening all over, and I love it. She's a world-class speaker trainer for global brands, including BMW, Google, LinkedIn, Microsoft, Harvard University, Columbia University, Spelman College, Morehouse College, George Washington University, Intuit QuickBooks, Yelp, and more. This interview, you will feel Precious's heart. You will experience how she literally brought herself back from near dead to revolutionize and reignite who she is and claim what she wanted in this world. And the world is responding because now she is a top 10 finalist for a national business award. As we joked on the stage at the Dames, um, she loves to say she's a full-figured diva, and I was like, I am a fun-sized queen. So we just, we are a pair, and I I love her so deeply and so much, and her energy is so uplifting. So I look forward to you being uplifted, encouraged, and feel the love that Precious has for your success and the desire that she has to elevate how you communicate so that you slay the competition, even if we don't believe in competition. And Precious learned how to leverage how she stands out in her special way. And I am so excited to bring you Precious, the killer pitch master Williams. Welcome to the Crown Yourself Podcast, where together we build your empire and transform your subconscious stories about what's possible for your business, body, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm a master mindset coach, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, known to my clients as a game changer. Each week, you get the conscious leadership strategies you need to help you reign with courage, clarity, and confidence so that you too can make the income and impact you deserve. 
imagine this podcast as your royal invitation to step into your full potential and reign in your divine purpose. Your sovereignty starts here and your reign is now. Queen, I got to start at swimming with the sharks. Why not? Yeah, why not? Like when you chose to dive into the tank and swim with the sharks, how was that experience? And what did you, what did you learn? And what did you love? You know, my experience on Shark Tank was so incredible that I still get emotional about it today. One of the best lessons that I learned is that I've always been ready. I've always been ready to defy expectations, to defy where I come from, to defy everything, all those perceived flaws, age, race, class, sex, all the things that people said were wrong with me. It feels so good. It felt so good to walk into that tank and embrace all of them as my secret weapon. There was nothing about me that was cookie cutter. So they, even if they've heard all the greatest pitches in the world, I knew they had heard mine. And so as I walked into the tank, and I, when you walk to the first door, to the second door, when that door opened and I saw the sharks, what did they get a load of them? They had to give me some Jack Nicholson in there, you know. And then I stood on my ex, because you only get one take. So it's gonna go for an hour or so, let's go. And I stood on that X, I heard Nas's, all I need is one mic, one mic. And I made sure to look them all in the eye to let them know I'm not afraid. Whatever, give me with your best shot, Pat Benatar, let's go. And so when I was giving my pitch, you could just see the look on their faces like, what is happening? And just when they thought it was over, I had to hit them with some Beyonce formation and let them see my full figure divas. And plus size fashionistas own the space that they were eating. Cause it's one thing for me to show up and just be out and just be dynamic. Another thing for them to see what full figure divas look like, not plus size women. Second thing I learned is when you change your language, you change the game. If you think of plus size women, most people don't have a good connotation, even if they're dating women. But when you say full-figured divas and plus-size fashionistas, that caught them all by surprise. And here I am standing and looking at each and every one of them because it's almost like you're, this is a performance before the God that created me. For everybody who said it was impossible, for everyone who said there's no way, I don't have a looks, I don't have a skill, I don't. in this moment, you're about to watch greatness that even they couldn't foresee. The third thing that I learned is by fully embracing all of me. Not using just the other outfits, no, embracing everything that brought me to that moment. The negative $400 in my bank account that I was able to turn into half a million dollars on national television uh, with my very first pitch on MSNBC's Your Business with JJ Ramberg. Just standing in that, standing on that X Everything mattered to that moment for me to stand there. Every no, every you, you can't, every all in that, and yet here I am. And I'm doing it not for myself, but for every woman who forgot who she was because of weight or what society says. I'm gonna stand before the sharks, hit me with your best shot up and ask every question in my, about my business. Being a 13 time national pitch champion, and I'm going to make doubters into believers in this moment and the sharks were so shocked and to hear mark cuban say you go girl 
And Robert Hirsch would say, watch you. It's like watching a master at their craft. I am the killer pitch master. And what are the components of a killer pitch? I mean, there's so many. You want basic or killer? Killer. Okay. We can we can read basic on Google. <laughs> I mean, you can. If you be coming in like that, I'm like, if it's not customizable to you, or you're just saying, I do this to help, <laughs> the battle's lost. Mm -hmm. So to take a, a basic pitch and to elevate a, 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 a killer pitch mode. Number one, it is so important that your target market knows you're talking to them. So while you may have a different language for how you explain their, their problem or challenge, it is so much more important for you to put it in their words so they can they know you're speaking to them. It is so important that they explain a challenge or problem in, in a particular way. You do that. You you so so they know it's them. It's not a Oh, I'm just saying what everybody else is saying. And I always laugh about manifestation. I think it's a great word. Everybody ain't there for that. If you need sales right now, and I'm talking about manifestation, you might be like, hey, it's a disconnect. Yes, I like the word, but that's not how they would describe it. I need clientele. I need more visibility to go along with the credibility. I need to know how to be a rainmaker. I need to know certain things that they're going to say make sure for that target market they hear you number two if you are offering yourself as the only choice that truly matters then make sure the solution you're providing truly sounds different from what everybody else is saying in the marketplace that are similarly situated to you for example my first book was called bad bitches and power pitches for women entrepreneurs and speakers only how many women and men told me that book would never fly at birth because of the language but i knew it would and it took mm -hmm. me three years to get over others expectations when we put out number one bestseller and forbes magazine contacted me to review my book mind you we didn't have a marketing campaign didn't have this marketing budget it was literally i'm the killer pitch master i'm gonna get this i'm gonna show you what time it is and the very people who say it they would never buy it. They had a FOMO when they saw everybody else. They saw the billboard in Times Square. How did she do it? Because I can't let your limitations limit me. And I'm speaking to a particular type of audience. And for those of you who think it's it's a it's just these type of women, no, it's for those who want to be bad bitches with power pitches, those who know they can be bad, bad bitches with power pitches, and those who are just kind of like, mm, ain't never. And that is the difference, I think, between a a, a, a basic bitch pitch and a bad bitch pitch. Because I know, because what you use is aspirational language. Yeah. And I love the fact that you pointed out for the for the women who don't yet know and who want who that that piece of being the bad bitch, being the queen, is available inside of them, and they're like, "Ooh, I like that. I think I want that to be like extracted." And that's what your pitch is doing. Is it? It's extracting that piece of that at their own aspirations. Right. And this works in written form. This works in, you know, all form. The third thing, which I think is very important, is before you start with your name and the name of your company, let's say you're able to, you're, you're speaking to someone, nobody cares until you get them to care. So I, when I walk into rooms, and you've heard me say this, ladies, Ladies, raise your hands if you want to be a bad bitch with a power pitch. They're like, 
some of them clutching pearls. Imagine they were men already raised. I said, fellas, fellas, raise your hands if you want to be a bad man with a mask to fit your plan. Now they really, because they know they in here too. I said, well, you come to the right place. My name is Precious Williams. I'm the proud founder and CEO of the Perfect Pitch Group. When we show you how to slay all competition with a killer pitch and you truly become the only choice that matters to your target market. You want real media attention that's going to move the needle. You want visibility, credibility, and marry that so that your ideal class of customers become raving fans and followers. You want to turn a prospect into a repeat client with a killer pitch. No matter what industry you're in, you're looking at an atmosphere shifter and a creative outsider and a 13-time national pitch champion who was able to parlay that for myself as well as my 400 first-place pitch champions. My clients and customers include some of the biggest companies in the world, LinkedIn, Google, Microsoft, Federal Reserve Bank. That's that. But I also train individuals. So if you want to be a rainmaker, you want to make it rain like snow, Come see us at the Perfect Pitch Group. My name is Precious Williams. I am the proud founder and CEO of the Perfect Pitch Group. Slay all competition. Woo! Well, we could just mic drop it right there, Queen. I mean, but we can keep going too. But we can keep going too because there's more. I want you, I want to leave you wanting more. Fourth thing, you want to leave them wanting more. A pitch is that type of thing about your business. And so it's very important that the target market hears you. Are there going to be other people in the room? Who wants Shark Tank as plus size? Woman. Don't worry, I'll wait for you to answer the question, Queen Kimberly. <laughs> plus size woman. <laughs> There's none. Mm -hmm. So why would my pitch even be, why, why was my pitch effective? If my target market wasn't in the room. It's being, it's understanding there's the sharks is understanding the market of a 40 million women sports and are larger like me in the United States. And we all want pretty underwear and no one's creating it. Oh, so to them, they're hearing numbers. They're hearing across six figures in less than six months for a company that wasn't supposed to exist. But remember, there's an audience out there made up of finance professionals, made up of curvy girls, made mm -hmm. up of people who are like, man, I never heard you described like that. Look at that. She's wearing a low-cut canary yellow peplum dress and giving them the business. So your target market doesn't have to be in the room, but they are attached to someone in the room. Mm -hmm. So that's why your message has to be clear concise, start with a question, start with a statistic or a quote, because it interrupts the pattern of boring. And that's why it's important. Say it in their language. If you are the, the, the only choice that matters, you need to make that very clear in how you offer up your solution. And then, you know, your name can come at the middle or the end once you've gotten them hooked. Before, it's a waste of your time. Yep. And the, uh, the fact that you demonstrated not just you showed them the target market and brought them into the room. Right. Big difference that like yes. showing the numbers and then showing the full figured plus size divas. Oh, pick a diva plus size. One of them was like, I'm like, drink, I got more for days. Please believe. Please believe. <laughs> so, how, how was every piece of your upbringing, training you and cultivating this 
ability and this mastery with language. Because you have a very uh, colorful background between uh, dating a former drug kingpin, you know, homelessness, getting evicted, getting kicked out of law school. A lot. Well, I will say this. I grew up unwanted by my own parents, abused, almost murdered. Um, rejection is a very hard thing to deal with. And yet, I don't know how to explain it. I knew I was a star. I knew it. I just knew no one else could see it because my chocolate skin um, didn't come from wealth, came from poverty in I think one of the greatest things was watching the Arts Entertainment Channel, Lifetime. Uh, shows on the, Bill Curtis, he was a, you know, an attorney turned journalist. And the shows that he put out, I could imagine myself in the Greek Isle of Scorpios. I could watch biography, 20th century American justice. I could look at Lifetime's intimate portrait. I loved VH1's Behind the Music because what I was hearing was something that's not really talked about in media. Those weren't perfect stories. Those were people who fought their way to the top. And that was going to be my story. And so, yeah, right now, as a little girl, I'm, I'm ugly to everybody. I deserve to be taken advantage of. I deserve all these things that people are saying that I deserve. Yet I knew because I watched the biographies of others that included things that others won't because it has to be the perfect story for entrepreneurship. It has to be the perfect story for being a queen. It has to be the perfect story. Well, my life wasn't a perfect story. It just wasn't. My grandparents, when they took me when I was 15, I'm so grateful because my grandmother spoke life over me in my dreams. And she said, your, your ability to speak, you have to get the connection and speech. Oprah's going to know your name. You're going to billboards in Times Square. Mind you, who in our family's ever done any of that? I'm going to graduate from high school as a valedictorian. I'm Miss Beaumont, 1996, 1997. I've been told all my life I'm ugly, and yet I'm the queen of my high school. I am the valedictorian. No one in my family has ever done that. I'm going to a full scholarship to Spelman College, full scholarship to Georgetown University, and lost in it right after that. First, <laughs> excuse me, one of the first recipients of the Bill, the Bill and Melinda Gates scholarship. Man, I was getting scholarships even though I already had full scholarships, which told, told me at, at 16, my first speaking engagement, to what I was putting on applications back in the day with the typewriter or back in the day because we, we couldn't submit online. I put everything in there because I knew Everything that people said was wrong with me, I had to make sure that when people read about me, they saw me. There was an excellence to me. The way I speak, I used to be ashamed because I have an, I have an accent from St. Louis, then Atlanta, then D.C., North Carolina, Iowa, all of those things. I was told, hey, in order for you to make it in media, you have to change your voice. And I just refused because I don't know how to do that and I'm not, I'm not willing to sound like everybody else. If that is not one of the greatest lessons for entrepreneurship, if that is not one of the greatest lessons for becoming a queen, everybody ain't going to like you. You hear me say everybody? Everybody is not going to like you. My confidence is born from all the no's because I had to be like Ariana Grande. Thank you, next. Next opportunity. That's what a no means. You will be in my inbox eventually because no grass grows under my feet. 
I've heard every no you can think of. No, you ain't it. That's okay because the greatest thing about pitching, the greatest thing about creating content, the greatest thing about always being ready to bless a microphone was born out of no, you ain't it. You're not going to ever be it. And knowing you just haven't seen what God's about to do. I went from last to first. Last to first. Another great lesson from my childhood is who was talking about pitching in the way that I do? Nobody. Yes, we hear investor pitches, media pitches, elevator pitches, but there's still interview pitching, sales pitching, and speaker pitching. And I had to have trust in myself. Like Beyonce said, I don't gamble, but if I'm a better thing, I'm a better myself. Because none of these people have ever seen someone like me. And as a queen, I need to carry myself that way. Yes, I have an accent. Yes, there's a down-home kind of quality to me, but there's an excellence about me. Do I have a do I have a vast lexicon? Yes. But depending on the audience I'm in front of, you still don't get precious. Someone who understands audience, someone who doesn't dial it in. Because a lot of our young, young princesses never know they can become queens because of all the no's. I was blessed by a grandmother who told me who I was and spoke life over my dead spirit. And that is why I'm here today. And once I started to connect my story to others, I see it in women. I'm 44, turning 45 next month. I see it in women all over. I haven't seen it in men. They've forgotten who they are. If they ever had dreams, it's gone. Entrepreneurship gave me my life back. Wife. And the fact is, you you are like such a queen when it comes to rebirthing yourself and and pulling yourself from the depths where did you what are your habits we'll start at habits what are your habits for excellence now my habits for excellence now are when I get up even in the middle of the night I, I praise God because by my own hand I should have been dead when I was 38 years old that's how bad it was Oh, and when I finally really do get up, I praise God again. I come in here and I do my devotionals. I, you know, read the Joe Osteen uh, newsletter. I go over these things and I listen to Psalm 139 and uh, Psalm, um, Psalm 91. I also have this beautiful card that a woman gave me. Things are always working out. And she asked me to pull it out of something. So I pulled it out. Things are always working out. And when I read this, it's all about focusing on who I'm becoming. And things always work out for me. They do. And that's something I got to remember. No matter how dark, it's always darkest before dawn. Things are always working out for me. Say it, feel it, believe it, and trust it. I have a track record of horrific things, but I also have a track record of blessings. So what was meant to harm me actually turned out to be the greatest blessing because I've actually been through hard times, which means I can connect and I have, my homeless journey gave me compassion in a way because I know what people think of homeless people, that 
they fumbled with their money. A lot of it is mental illness. And I had, I have two, two that are dealt with, uh, with medication and also uh, psychiatry and therapy. I'm not ashamed to talk about the things that ultimately freed me. I'm not ashamed that I was homeless and a severe alcoholic after losing the love of my life. So of course I'm gonna be thankful. Do I have hard moments, hard times? Yes. When times when proposals aren't signed or you come to realize it was never supposed to be because you were supposed to be over there doing something else. Things are always working out. Had I not become homeless, had I not become an addict, I don't think you would meet Precious today because I was posturing years ago. The real Precious has shown up. What's the difference between posturing? Because I, I've, I've, I felt it myself in the past um, with uh, when I was when I was previously married, and right. we called at, like I realized what I was doing was actually just being play. I was playing house, Ooh. rather than you went there. You went there I went there. Yeah, I was I was playing house instead of actually being in a marriage. And there's a posturing, there's a pretense. And I think as entrepreneurs, we go through that in our own journey too. I know when my- Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, when I started my crown yourself business for a year and a half, I did the photo shoots, I had everything. All of those clothes were rented and borrowed because I didn't have anything sparkly of my own. Shocker, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I was posturing and I was, I knew the values that I needed to embody which was ownership and authenticity, but I was too scared to embody those. And so how do you know the difference between posturing and presence in actually the queenliness of who you are? I think the difference in posturing versus being the real me, others saw it first, which is so crazy to me. They saw it in me. I had a, my Spelman sister say, you know, I thought I was meeting the robot before. She said, but you're you now. She said, and it's fully embodied in how you move. When people meet you, they meet your energy first, not who they expect you to be. And, you know, when we're at the Dames Fund, for instance, and I've, I will continue to say this, when people see you on social media, they have this impression of you until they finally meet you. And... One of my goals was for people to see me beyond an achievement or an accomplishment. I'm actually kind of cool. I actually hurt. I actually cry. That was very, I was fearful years ago to show that because as an entrepreneur, I should have the perfect story. I should hang around all the right people. Baby, I was the right person. And they were the wrong people. I had clingers and hangers on because no one knew the real me, none of me. And while I had a this company created to celebrate the beauty of curvy women, I couldn't see it in myself. Even though I was dating a very famous Hollywood actor. When he died, I felt he took everything with him. Me wanting to kill myself, me wanting to no longer exist. I look back and realized how much of a gift it was that my suicide attempt 
was thwarted by the most high who was choking a fat lady out in the back. He said, no, it ain't her time. My purpose was not complete. I didn't know who I was. And in the depths of homelessness, with the blessing of the Bowery Mission Women's Center, knowing who I am and whose I am, being a sisterhood and community, I had no money to pay for anything. And yet, even there, my light shined and I had a different voice. When you can't pay for anything, can you still be an advocate? I was an advocate for myself and other women for mental health days. We always talk about physical health days. Sometimes a mental health day is necessary where you can't be bothered while you deal internally. And I helped bring that to the staff's attention. When I felt that a community issue needed to be addressed and other women were free, <laughs> I would address it professionally. And people expect me to be real housewives because I'm chocolate and black. No, ma'am. I will deal with you in a manner that's appropriate because I understand my audience. My audience needs to see a different reflection of what they see on TV. So I need your verbal tongue lashing. No curse words, a racism on voice, no threatening you. And it was amazing because those, so many of those queens, all different races, hues, were like, it was wonderful to watch you because they learned something. But I was only advocating because I had developed a different voice and really being an advocate for the less fortunate like me because I was less fortunate at that point. Posturing nearly took my life. Being me in every room I'm in, I'm not looking at you, Queen. You know how cute you was all those days at the fun for us. was black, <laughs> but I knew I was too. Mm -hmm. I knew I was too from internally out. Hugging women. If someone says something, you know, I was vocal on that. Go get that. Yeah, as you queen, come go. I wouldn't have done that years ago because I'd have been worried about what do people say? I don't care what you say. The queen on that stage or the queen sitting beside me needs to hear true support. Because a lot of us didn't hear, don't hear it anymore. Because we're not young. Everything is not in supposedly the proper place. But let me tell you some experience is a beautiful thing. Being able to talk not from just my perspective, from a whole lot of other people. And when I graduated and walked back into this life and I said I wanted to start Perfect Pieces by Precious again, oh, it'll never happen. If you're not in the, if you're not in the fight with me, if you're not in these trenches, I can't listen to you. If you've never been an entrepreneur, if you don't know what this battle is like, your corporate version of entrepreneurship has nothing to do with what is in real life. Mm -hmm. And understand that some experiences are not as protected as others. However, we must still show up as the queens we are and offer a different reflection. And it starts with me. Amen. That's the difference between posturing. And if I feel like I'm going to buy, hold up, dial it back. I'm still for the VP regardless. I don't need to shine everywhere. I really don't need to speak everywhere. Let me be very clear. I don't. But my presence will always be. Oof, so true. And I think you you brought up such an interesting point. And because I've seen this with 
my own mental health and what I found with uh, suicidal ideations, when those tend to come, and I've seen this with a lot of entrepreneurs, it's just another ego death. It's just another stripping away of these layers of posturing, some that we some that maybe so they're not maybe not their this giant tufted gown that we've been posturing in, but maybe they're just a slight veil that we need to remove. And so each time that just is able to to fall off and recognizing the difference between an ego death and actual death. It's like you just hit like I'm I'm getting Chatura. Because <laughs> you just hit that, that's hashtag true tea right there. That's hashtag true tea. Come through. Because you're dropping bombs. And they're landing. I also think that's experience talking too. We grow up, we, we live in a world that seems to think there's only one way to be successful, one way to be an entrepreneur, one way to do things. And it takes queens like us and so many others to show there are many ways to be successful. Not everybody wants to be the, the new tech company. Not everybody, some people want lifestyle companies. Some people have different visions of what success is for their life. And if the only version is I got a floss with all these designer labels, I gotta be in a, I don't have a problem with people doing that because that might be their version. It's not mine. You know what's my version? What we're doing here today. Because I believe that this podcast episode is going to hit, it's going to hit a little different. Mm -hmm. Whether I have all the achievements in the world or not, I feel successful because I'm sitting here with you. We were able to gotcha. coordination together to do the Queen's coordination together. What a beautiful experience. I told you, whatever you pick it and put down, I'm gonna pick up. This is your thing and I'm gonna support it all. And it takes, ooh, it being able to stand on stage with you. What? <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, there was a level of queenliness I had to summon beyond yeah, because now, I... I think we both looked at that, that moment has to go with each other. I think it was both of us then. Because I was like, you know, I'm confident in who I am. Same. I'm confident in... And, but I, I also realized when I sent that to you that I wanted you to know you were chosen for this. You're not dealing with a lightweight. So I am your support. Do I say that normally? No. But that's what God told me. This isn't my show. It's yours. And I'm here to support and also to show there's different versions of queen. That's what we do. And that's what we did. And it was magical. It I, was. And I, I still have people who just said it to me. I think that just my heart just. Yeah. And I think there there is a level that um you know, the, there's a quote in the Bible when two or more are gathered in his name, God is present. And basically, that's that's what I feel in the power of the mastermind, in the power of showing up 
in collaboration together is that there is something divine that happens beyond the scope of just our own individual egos because that is how we amplify each other and that's why I say like it's not that it, it, like I felt like doubting or lacking my confidence it, there was an amplification of a new level between us as we did that and then being able to then sustain that level of amplification and go into my next you know round of speaking engagements that I had that month was extraordinary because that's the power of the amplification that comes when two or more are gathered and are in in just complete support and solidarity for each other's sovereignty. And as you know, they read our bios as we were coming out and we took that stage. I remember looking out at our dames, queens, and realizing that it's a coronation I know I have my thoughts to add to things. And that's why it's important as professional speakers. Read the room. There's something that they were needing. Mm -hmm. I am here to support and offer other ideas. And you said yes to them. It was like I asked 50 million things. I just felt the energy to remember what needed. We needed to walk out into that audience. We needed to see them, hear what was saying. I wanted to take pictures of these moments because a lot of times as speakers, you might not have a photographer, a photographer is off doing something else. People need to see in real time transformation, but they also need to see that we didn't dial none of that in. And so I thank you for trusting me as your support that I got you. Almost 30 years of professional speaking. But not only that, understanding my skill set and amplifying yours because Queen, you was doing that. You was doing that. And never once was I insecure. My thing, just listening to you, I was like, all right, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm about to go there too. Let's get it. And it really reflected the beauty of Queens. We don't mm -hmm. only make like our version of everything isn't for everyone, but when we come together, who would a dynamic duo? And I'll never forget what Megan said to us in our powwow session. It was just like, she said, Precious, I actually see you now. She said, you weren't looking to be on stage. You weren't looking for any of that. And I said, no, because I don't always need to be. Mm -hmm. I said, but I learned so from you and the other speakers and just us being all of us all of us being in these different rooms and spaces I signed my lease for my new apartment while I was there I divorced my mind of certain fears that I had of elevation and evolution I wouldn't have been able to do that without you Make it. And every attendee and every speaker, I needed to say certain things. So the killer pitch master can ask for questions. I can think about the rebranding that had to happen and the, the, the mind shifts that still have to happen as entrepreneurs, as women, as speakers, as sisters, as wives, as mothers. 
So thank you for bringing me along on the greatest ride. Right back at you, Queen. <laughs> there is a, a magic of queens coming together and, and holding each other in mutual respect. You know, when I see other women as queen, I don't see them as competition. And I don't say, yes, queen, and like, or I feel like a queen or I am a queen to put others down in a subservient space. It is very much the perception of projection that my light hopefully is allowing you to illuminate yours and we light the path together. And we climb our own mountains for those who need to be, we are the way showers. And with that guiding post and being the way shower, being the one who's holding the lamp out, we are the first to trip over the rocks. And we've heard that heavy is the crown. It is. What, what do, what is that belief of the heaviness? What is it that you think that is the heaviness that weighs down? Is it responsibility? Is it performance pressure? Is it... It is charging half no one else has. Mm-hmm. And yes, those paths are still happening today. Has everything been done under the sun? People say that all the time. I don't know if that's true, uh, but I do think that when you're blazing a trail that people cannot see you in, heavy is the crown because you will get cut up, beat up, scarred to make the path easier for others. And that often does not get talked about. It's like, oh, you you hit the you hit the mountaintop. I'm like, baby, this is this is this ain't even halfway. <laughs> this is this this ain't even it. However, where do we go to talk about those things? To just say it is tiring at times. It can be exhausting. And then I'll meet another queen. I think of Queen Ty Goodwin. She said, when you step into your purpose, another woman can finally step into hers. So some people need to see it, don't they? And then believe in knowing it, it's going to be you. It's going to be you. That's a heavy thing. You would hope that things would be easy for you. It's not going to be. The way society is moving and the way we were taught as little girls growing up, a lot of things are performative that are celebrated, but the real hard work, everything should be easy. Your business should be easy. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I think that's the difference between care, care and service, right? So people can provide a service. There can be no care in it. You feel like a cog in the wheel, just another number. But when you add care to it, it's different in a world that screams doing the bare minimum and extracting the most money from others. It's a scary, scary thought that youth will always be prized. And we all made mistakes as youth. That's why it's wasted on the young. And by the time you get to be a certain age, if you get to be a certain age, this is a privilege to look back and say, what I thought I knew, I didn't. What I know today is so solid. And yet I'm still growing. I'm a work in progress. You expect perfection. The only thing perfect about me are my bitches. My bitches. I'm allowed to make mistakes. And I'm allowed to have grace for other women who do too. That's why I'm not afraid of 
being, I was homeless and that, uh, severe alcoholic, whatever. I'm coming on seven years of sobriety and I'm around people who drink. That does not bother because you know what I've always told you and a mother, is my food right? We gonna have fun regardless. My food right? We're good. <laughs> We're good. Heavy is the crown because it is a responsibility to understand what the world teaches versus what are biblical principles, what are great life principles. Should you should we be paid for what we do? Yes. Yes. Because we're not, we didn't just learn it yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we're about to take people a lot of time. It, it took a lot of time. I understand that younger people are getting paid more and more. That's awesome. I got paid more than anybody in my neighborhood. Yep. I get paid more today. Okay. I worked hard just like they worked hard in whatever they were doing. This is more compensated. This is why I went to be an attorney. I wanted to be at the top of the food chain because I knew how it would look. And even though I'm not an attorney anymore, Queen, can I tell you, people just finding out I'm a former attorney, they're like, what? And they're like, wow, that goes into why you speak so well. I'm like, actually, no, I've been doing this since I was 16, but okay. But it's that spark. You thought you knew everything about me. No, you don't. And so heavy is the crown. Because a lot of us don't talk about it. And we can sometimes leave our young princesses not seeing the reality of what's happening. And when I was a kid, I, I never liked um, the stories. And I even said it in my TED Talk. I, was, I didn't like the stories of the women who just had to be kissed and then they were queen. Or they just lost a shoe. <laughs> I'm right. I love the stories and we actually like uh, my mom and I were talking over dinner with friends yesterday where she said I she ad adamantly went out to the library back in the day to find princess stories. And the only ones she could find were older, um, like really old stories, because I wanted the stories that actually showed the princess having to face challenge to then rise into her reign because that's more reality. Mm hmm. Like the, the Cinderella story is great and it does happen and there's magic in pieces of the story, but I think some of the pieces have been lost in the translation yeah. that have sacrificed the growth that had to come internally and externally. Right. I think, I think of all the princess stories. See, I, I, I didn't watch cartoons, didn't care about any of that sort of thing, unless it was Jim and the Hologram. Jim is my name. No one else is the same. Girl, you know I was on that Jim and the Hologram. I've <laughs> never seen that. I was never, I was never into them. And, and to be honest, I just never saw that ever happening for me. So that's why none of that mattered. Why was I watching arts entertainment as a little girl? Nikki at night, my three sons, Green Acres and stuff like ridiculous. Well, what I'm saying, none of those, my mother had beaten into me that he was never coming regardless. Hmm. So I grew up knowing I had to take care of me. If if if, if a gentleman if, wants to marry me and we we fill in each other, that's great. I've been proposed to four times. I've never been married. I don't say that with pride, but I do say that I'm glad I did not marry these four men. I'm glad. What was cool back then is not cool today. 
and to know I can take care of myself, men are so important in life. They are. But if we're not compatible, I can't be here. Queen, I have no children and you know that. I have none. Because I'm not going to revisit trauma of my past on the on, on a princess or our young prince. I'm not. I need to get myself together. And now that I'm older, I can enjoy other people's kids. Because I finally get to live a life that I would have wanted as a little girl. I get to travel. I get to meet queens like you. I get to have an opportunity to have an impact so great. Living alone, having quiet time. This is what's for me, but also connecting with others. And there's no animosity and anger. There's no jealousy like it used to be in the past. It is my heart to theirs before it's pay me. Because it's that that's coming that that it always comes. Mm -hmm. So with my rebranding the Perfect Pitch Group, focusing more on you know law firms, professional schools, law schools, business schools, associations, and the like. How many years did it take me to gain even more clarity? If I just stayed being doing pitching for the rest of my life, awesome but I meet in other places too. So I'm on my plot twist, flipping the script. Your girl got more skills than you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's the beauty of being a queen too. Um, for me is God dials in and tells us when to flip the script. They think that's all you can do? Mm. Your purpose ain't over. Uh-huh. Now elevating. And that's why with you and I and others that I admire so much, it is not allowing, and it's scary, I'm not going to sometimes it's so scary, to stand out there by yourself and try and know that it may fail, but you've got to at least try. I can't live a life where everything is comfortable. I need a freaking challenge because that's how I get better. How do you deal with the challenge of loneliness? Cool. I've seen that so much with entrepreneurs that the the battles that we can fight, especially since now in this hyper-digitalized world, we are in this space alone, technically. How do you deal with that? One of the greatest, I, I deal with loneliness and feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. One of the thing, greatest lessons I learned in the battle reading of all of synonymous is play the tape fully out. So if I'm not going to be drinking, what were the other coping skills I have? I pray. I let God tell me who to call, text, and say, can we, can we talk today? Before I didn't have a trusted network. So we know we have our real, real friends. Who know us that we can talk about so much with. Proposals not side, worried about things financially, moving unexpectedly, all sorts of things. 
And when I get down, I remember I'm not alone. And I reach out. In the time, the last three months, I've had so many women, friends of mine, men, friends of mine, have real conversations about the fears that they have around entrepreneurship. This this year wasn't as great as they thought it was going to be. The stresses of being parents, the stresses of wanting better for your children than you had it and you're looking like, bet I had better coming out of school than y'all. Whoa. Um, that gives me joy. And they remind me, it's like when I had the flu, my friends were telling me, that's putting you down because you're supposed to be resting. And I know you don't want to. But your evolution is in progress. So those proposals weren't signed because they're not meant for you. And maybe they'll be signed next year. But you're going into a different market. There's a reason why you were tasked to write Rainmaking 101. There's a reason why you're taking entrepreneurship and bringing it back into the legal profession. Having been an attorney, having passed the bar on my first try, having worked in one of the most prestigious firms in the world, clerking for a federal judge in the Southern District of New York with a 2.9 GPA, no connections, no money, none of that, and yet I was able to get into these places. It's dark and hell is hot. You come out swinging. And that's what you're supposed to do because things will always work out. But if you want to play it safe, it's cute, boo. Elevation requires separation. It also requires knowing you're not alone and having real conversations, not the posturing conversations that we like to do with social media. That's what I do. I sip on chamomile tea, lemon grass, mint. I've started cooking for myself again. And also just understanding that I hear his voice in quiet and in peace in the middle of the night through dreams. In fact, last night I had a uh, I woke up and in my dream all my teeth were falling out. Like literally I was talking and I was like, what? And I went to read what it was. Big things popping, little things stopping. Oh, yeah. I've had that dream once or twice. I'm like, ain't nobody noticing this but me. And yeah. I can feel it in the dream. I'm doing it. It's so anyway, those are my coping skills learned from Alcoholics Anonymous, being in the Bowery Mission Women's Center that have kept me sober, not white knuckling, sober, not even, I walk past some places, they'll have alcohol bottles out, walk past the liquor stores I used to be up in hacking years ago. Keep on walking. I ain't even, I'm not even impressed. I'm not even worried. Keep it moving. Amen. You know it. And I think the uh, you you brought up something so interesting about the you reach out, and I think so often when we when entrepreneurs struggle with loneliness, it's because they're lone wolfing it in their business. They are not there's the lack an actual lack of collaboration, and then they're lone wolfing the responsibility of the outcomes of projects or or the the KPIs of the business. They're taking all that responsibility instead of delegating the responsibility as much as they're delegating tasks. I mean, I, I have been guilty of that. So have I. 
And that's why it's important to have these conversations because we can give the great story of how dope we are. Yeah. But also, and I, I think you might have saw my post where I said it's real, it, it may be real funny to laugh at, at those whose companies are experiencing hiccups or slow sales. But those of us who've been in business long enough, you're one phone call, one text message, one email away from everything. Go ahead and cheese peanut butter and jelly. Because when that moment, that first phone call, the, it just says stuff. This is like what I was thinking. I was posting about some of the places I'm going to be speaking in. Guess what starts to happen? All of a sudden, emails, phone calls. Um, would you be willing to come here? Oh. And the great thing about the two of us is I got real receipts. I show up in places. Ain't no faking and fraud and the posturing that used to be done years ago where you're like, I'm about to do this. Blah, blah, blah. I'm there doing it. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? Exactly. I just uh, I just posted about how people should not in their podcast bios post about what they're posturing to do. Except I'm sorry, yes. <laughs> Except if you actually have the book done and actually have the podcast done and the date is done. But when I when you're talking about, oh, here's all these big things that I'm going to be doing, unless there, there is that level of commitment of like you are already in the room. So when you're in the space, because I know that they your environment shifts to match the frequency of you. Right. And when you're in the space that you are seeing the bank account at negative or you are not having those proposals signed, not having those contracts signed, how do you pivot yourself and create your own plot twists so that you position yourself to be in the next room? Well, it goes back to the answer I gave you before. I have real entrepreneurial friends. And sometimes they see your situation from a totally different perspective. That's why they told me they're not meant to be signed. And yes, you, they could say, oh, well. Yeah, and, and sometimes people leave their jobs or are forced out. Things happen. But in that time of me sitting here, God was speaking to me and telling me what's really going on. Plus, Unlike a lot of entrepreneurs, I know what's coming now because there were other things said about me months ago that people started in December, started setting things up for me in a totally different realm. I remember going to the dames and talking about aerospace. Four dames hit me up and put me on. In fact, uh, this week I spoke to uh, a queen who was like, why didn't I meet you years ago? Because it wasn't the right time. And she's in aerospace. So by me putting those asks out there, but also by listening to my friends who have a different perspective, it was like, you're not supposed to be doing anything. Get your place together. Chill out. Because the contracts are coming. And so when these speaking engagements are coming, please know those are paid contracts. And I think you are so right. Like, I've written books. Five. Mm -hmm. one yeah. Books. And I know sometimes when I was in the midst of writing, I was 
posting because it would, it would get me excited about my own shit. I mean, my own stuff. You know what I mean? But going to, going to, no. This is it. There is no dress rehearsal. This is it. And even having this conversation with you and being freaking for real about entrepreneurship, there are times where things get slow. There are times people are like, oh, just throw out courses, throw out all this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's great. But if you have no audience, what are you talking about? There are gaps in what people are saying. And sometimes you're not at that level to understand what the gap is. That's why novices are easy to take, take advantage of. But as the more you grow, you're like, I don't need to be in that space. I don't need to be around that group. That person is not for me. Y'all don't talk about me anyway. Might as well be body rate. I'm going to give you something to talk about. I'm not even going to be here for this. My clients, my customers deserve better than this. Mm -hmm. So I'm not even going to be here. There's so much money to be made in the room. It might be. But this ain't the kind of money I want to make. I'm not a grifter. Was I in the past doing the pot sprint? <laughs> That's why coming into your queendom is so important in having real people around you who want nothing more for you to succeed, but also to put, help you put on your big girl panties and say, go out there and do what you're supposed to be doing. Because you ain't paying attention. Everything isn't business. It's relationships. And everything ebbs and flows. No matter what a guru tells you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Because, oh. Oh, we're getting real. You, we getting real. you set the intention. I'm not here to play play. I know. Play play. <laughs> the, uh, the fact that you say that everything is relationships because it really is. And mm -hmm. it's a relationship not only with people, but it's a relationship that you have with your business. It's a relationship that you have with the products and the services that you provide. It's a relationship that you have with your money. It's everything in life is a relationship and how we are relating to it directly correlates to our experience of it. Hashtag true tea. So the need for up-leveling our relationships, which comes first? changing our relationship with business or changing our relationships with the people that we have around us? Great question. My first reaction is changing the relationships around me because that's how I got out of my poverty mindset coming out of homelessness. I knew I was supposed to go where I'd be celebrated, not tolerated. I knew my backstory was not going to be important to some people once they saw talent. And because they saw talent, that opened doors. That no amount of negativity could shut. When they started to learn about some of my background, I was like, <gasps> because they only saw the power. And as they learned more about me and I got more and more invested in those relationships. I'm sitting in spaces that I couldn't believe because of talent and also I can be trusted to be real. 
and every step up. Kind of reminds me of Paul Abdul's say two steps forward, three steps back. We come together. You're like, I know that that happens. I'm not the only one who's had proposals or stuff um, not signed. I know I'm not. But what I do have is amazing relationships that were talking about me behind my back. Mr. For Profit that opened doors in December so that my birthday month lit. Amen. And that's that's something I literally was writing in, in my book yesterday uh, about how people, when you go on to a podcast or specifically a podcast, but pretty much in any room, if you wow them and dazzle them with your talent and your energy and your energy of service too, mm-hmm. they will talk about you behind your back. And I gave the example of a podcaster who's a dear friend of mine who came on and taught a masterclass on how to get booked on a global top 100 uh, uh, podcast. They mentioned Mike Kim, who wrote the book, You Are the Brand, who they had on their podcast, who they then mentioned in the class uh, to our students, who they then mentioned, who I'm then mentioning in the book, who I'm now mentioning again here. That's three times that someone wasn't present for them to get free PR for because and just if you believe that people are because of how you show up because of your energy of service because of your commitment to what you're creating that you are being talked about behind your back in multiple different rooms in positive ways where people are mentioning yeah. consistently as like you are the go-to person for that you need to meet her that that is a game changer for opening up the floodgates of receptivity for your business. I'm telling you, because I say the names of the, the queens that I love and little princesses and little princess and prince, prince I say your names because I want to see what can happen because it might not happen that day. It might happen a whole year later. Or for speaking for profit. That was the premise of it. Once you get your pitches together, who knows you and who do we need to, they need to be beyond the surface. So how do you cultivate the relationship where they go so beyond the surface? They can literally talk about you. Their vetting makes it easy for someone to say, yes, sight unseen, they go to your way. Oh, definitely won't. You didn't do anything but impress the, your network and they knew you were the go-to person. And do you see how this is all related? I wrote that book, what, two years ago? And I, I just, it's like the evolution. Bad Bitches Empower Pitches, Bad Bitches Empower Pitches, the workbook, Fishing for Profit, the Bad Bitches Playbook to Convert Conversations into Currency, The Pitch Queen, A Woman's Journey from Poverty to Purpose and Profits, Rainmaking 101 from Day One, Packaging, Positioning, and Pitching Exposed. There's a line through that. It's an elevation mm-hmm. that I learned in real time that blesses so many sales teams and those who come and listen to me keynote or train or client acquisition, all that people didn't know I did, I did all of those things, but I did. And so I couldn't introduce all of that at the same time. I had to get great in one niche to expose the, the even more talent that I have. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm just, I'm really, really thankful. And I'm thankful that we actually train and teach. I'm not a coach and I know that. I know I'm not. But I am a trainer. I love what I do. And what a fantastic trainer and speaker you are. As I've been blessed to share the stage with you. And it was such an honor. And your presence, it just amplifies those around you. And it's, that is something of, that is something that I would like to think that I am able to do as well. Uh, yeah, you are. <laughs> and those are the people that I choose to surround myself with are the amplifiers. And injector two people, like I was a generator. But oh, you're projecting like game changer in no way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm a projector. So I remember this queen telling me, your light, you have to be invited. Mm -hmm. You going after things? Nah. Nah. You're projecting your light will bring them to you. It is a very different business strategy and energy than what? everything other people are teaching. Yep. What? I have written posts where I am like, I share my birth story and I've gotten clients from that. And it has nothing to do. There's no sales call to action. There's nothing. It is literally just me showing up in a commanding queenly presence talking about trust and how I honored my body and knew exactly what to do in that moment. And those, but those posts that highlight something that may not even ha be traditional sales, that ju it's just by shining your light. So it's true. I mean, every post, I, I had someone tell me, every post should have a link to something. And I instinctively knew, number one, I'm not a particular man. I'm not all, like, no. Some people need to see I'm human. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that I have to tell what's considered sob stories. It's, again, I posted that process past New Street Bar on my first try. That was crazy. People just saw me on a NASDAQ billboard. Like, why personal NASDAQ billboard? I'm like, yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> but, or that I have no children, whatever. And it's like, oh, wow, she's pulling out things because the rope to 45. I want you all to know particular things about me. Not everything, but particular things. Because I'm be I want you to see me as extraordinarily talented and beautifully human and beautifully flawed. And yet I'm still doing this. Mm -hmm. And I hope that gives other queens permission because some of y'all forgot y'all queens. Some of y'all forgot. Some of y'all think Wade and uh, listen. I'm not saying it's an easy road, but what I am saying, there are women waiting to hear you, see you. And not get the perfect story because I can't relate. Mm -hmm. So because I don't have the perfect story, I'm not even try. No. It's actually because you don't have the perfect story. That that's what actually makes you relatable and human. And builds trust. Because actually subconsciously perfection, we all know at some level we are not perfect. And so when we see someone that we perceive as perfect, our subconscious mind is going, what's wrong with them? What what have they got going on in the background? They're not saying. Girl, you seeing gossip? This is very yeah. Yeah, very, very, very much so. I know there are people who are wildly successful. Yeah, in the profession, 
Yes. That's why as queens, we need to talk up each other. We need to talk about books. We need to talk about our programs, who we are as people. Because I need us to see that we're just as valuable as the people we put on a pedestal. There are women who write great sales books, biographies, um, all kinds of great things. There are women who have great trading programs, great coaches, great all these things. And I'll usually see that we're not the first to come to mind. And I want to remind people, some of the greatest talent is really around you. I don't hate on anybody who's wildly successful. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying some of us have great people in our lives that we need to amplify. Amen. Precious, I would love to say, I'm just so, I could talk to you for hours. I could talk to you for days. We could do it. We could do this all day long. Right, uh, right, right. Well, we but we got responsibilities and things that we got to do, you know, running our queendoms and all. So I'd like to switch into a little bit of rapid fire. Are you ready? Who is your favorite female character in a book or a movie and why? You're like, this is going to sound so bad, but me. Ooh. Me. I've owned a lot of things that I did wrong. A lot of things I did right. A lot of impossible situations that became possible with an unshakable belief in myself. I am my favorite character in any. As I've ever heard, and no one has responded. No one has ever answered that. No one. And that is probably my favorite. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So what woman, alive or while she was living, would you like to trade places with just for a day to live in her body, see how she thought, feel how she experienced the world exactly as she did? You know, your first answer would be Beyonce, but no. The person that I'm truly thinking of... I would love to have experienced Jackie O. Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. Mm -hmm. I would love to, to to spend time feeling how she really felt versus what the world put on her, the Camelot, all of that. I want to know how she really felt. Because when you start to look at someone's backstory, I'm like, you kind of gloss over it and it's like, that's a so, Jacqueline Kennedy on asses. Mm. What is your morning routine? Set your we talked about this earlier, but you know I get up. I know. You get up, thank God. Yep, I do. You know, I, I also I do my devotionals, but it's so eye-opening that for devotionals and listening to Psalms 139 and 91, or reading my little car, things always work out. And asking God to tell me who to reach out to today via text to let him know I see you. And then, you know, the night before I've already done what I'm going to do. I've already said what I'm going to do today. So we get it. We get it cracked. Mm -hmm. Well, you just answered my next question of <laughs> what's your nightly routine to set you up for a successful morning? Oh, you know, I could get the task list together. You know, I do that. And I start winding down 
like 30 or 7. Because I know I'm going to take a bath. I know I want to eat something. But when I take a bath, you ever heard a shower? I'm enjoying baths now. Since I'm in my new space and I haven't had a bath in years, I've always had showers. I'm enjoying putting in salts and all sorts of things. Eucalyptus. Like, oh, I love just sitting in there and watching a makeup declutter or the latest eater or mashable or bon appetit video. I'm unwinding. That's what I do. And then I pray before I go to bed. I hit the shake. And then asleep. You know what it is. What do you define to be your queendom? My queendom is everything that I am. Everything I bless this world with is as far as my talents, skills, and abilities. My queendom is being compassionate as people are learning to truly see themselves for who they are. It's showing them how to turn their perceived flaws into their secret weapon because then no one ever sees you coming. Trade on that to exploit the gaps. And there are gaps all in entrepreneurship. There are gaps in life. And seeing what you really need. I am the ultimate rainmaker and a killer pitch master. That's what we do. My queendom stretches far and wide. That's why I love hugs and to see women eye to eye. And to have real conversation, not posturing conversations. Because that gets old. It gets old. It's it gets boring. Old real quick. <laughs> it's like, let's take off the masks. We all hurt like this. <laughs> Show me your truth, your authenticity, your scars. Yeah. If we got small, small talk will make me want to gouge my eyes out. <laughs> Yeah, you were saying a small talk, like, um, I'm not trying to talk about the weather. What are you so? <laughs> and lastly, Queen, what does it mean to crown yourself and how do you do it? To crown yourself means to recognize that if you are living and breathing, your purpose is not over. I crown myself every day I wake up. In fact, I have clients who've actually sent me crowns that are sitting over there. I'm supposed to have it over her queen. I crown myself every day by believing in why I was created. I was knit in my mother's womb. And that I am a disruptor. And I've been, I've been sitting here to change people's thought patterns and mindset about going from last to first and presenting themselves in a way that they're the only choice that matters. Queen, how do we find you? How do we work with you? Plug yourself. Well, okay, so again, I am Precious Williams, proud founder and CEO of the Perfect Pitch Group. You can find us on www, our website, www.perfectpitchgroup.com. On LinkedIn, I am Precious L. Williams Chiller, Pitch Master. On Instagram, I am at Perfect Pitch Group. On YouTube, Precious L. Williams, you can find me. More importantly, check out what we have on our website in terms of the free information that we provide, our pitch please, 
uh, newsletter that has, I think we have 128,000 people subscribed. Yeah, Black on Both Sides, No Brazilian Butt Lift, No Six Pack App, yes. And also just check out, I have events all over the world. Come see me in real life. Come check out our videos. You gonna find me. And on NASDAQ billboards too. Out of me. I'm Go check out perfectpitchgroup.com. Go learn from Precious. She, just being around her energy will make you rise and ascend to your throne, period. As always, my fellow sovereigns, own your throne. Mind your business because your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and start creating a bigger impact now by sharing this with a friend. Just by doing that one simple act of kindness, you are creating a royal ripple to support more people in their sovereignty. And if you're not already following on social media, connect with me everywhere at crownyourself.now for more inspiration. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules. Because today, you crown yourself.